Hey, Craig, how are you? <laughs> Hi, Francisco. Just I'm well. <laughs> <laughs> Just getting the, in the proper mode. Yeah. Uh, so um, what are, are we talking today? What do you have in mind? Well, I have a topic, but I think before we get into that, we should get into the mode a little bit more and just shoot the shit, perhaps, for a few. Um, you've been on a plane. I've been on a plane. Were you in Curitiba? I was in the Northeast, and then uh, flew south to Curitiba and taught a few classes since Monday, and today I'm back, I'm back home. Nice. Yeah, very nice classes, by the way. The, the, the trainees, um, actually, the, the, the teacher training people, they, they, they are really enjoying the week I spent in Kuchiba, and they are coming uh, from all sorts of places to have regular classes with me and to see the studio. It's, it's very nice. Is that part of the online training, or is that a new thing? Yeah. It was the online, but now with the reopening, I've decided to spend one week every month uh, in Curitiba, teaching a few classes, coaching the teachers, seeing the therapeutic students and all that. Cool. Pretty cool. I think we've made a little bit over 90 students or memberships uh, in this first 60 days. That's great. Yeah. And the, the north, the northeast, you were taking a look at the um, properties and stuff for next year, weren't you? Yeah, for the intensives. Uh -huh. I don't know, man. They, they, so many different uh, and incongruent news coming from all over the place. And uh, people were afraid. Uh, they're having this new whatever in Europe and now in South Africa and, and all this happening at the same time. But in Brazil, the vaccination rate is super high. And Sao Paulo just went, uh, I think Sao Paulo announced here we are over 100% of vaccination, which is doable because it's a business place, lots of people traveling and therefore vaccinating here, but being from other places. But anyways, it's basically around 100% here. And Brazil overall is pretty high. So the, we haven't, the, 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 dat, the dats are really uh, lower every day. So here, I think all the events will happen. The international thing, it might be smaller, but it's selling already, so it's going to happen as well. But uh, the uncertainty and the time it's taking is pretty impressive. Yeah. How I do don't you think, feel about that? Well, I don't think it's, uh, even though, uh, you know, we seem to make progress, I don't think the whole pandemic thing is going to leave us anytime soon. So, um I'm not myself freaking out, but I know the like the stock market and everything sort of freaked out this morning uh, about the that news. So it's just interesting to yeah to watch it and um, you know hopefully 
you know, we, we can move along, but it, it's not going to be anytime soon. I don't think it, it doesn't sound like, yeah. Uh, I, I don't know, man. Uh, but yes, this morning when I read the news, I was like, yeah, <laughs> then England, uh, establishing new rules for, um, uh, people flying from abroad from certain countries and quarantining people and all that. Okay. Yeah. But anyways, I, I've got a few uh, notes, thankful notes, like Thanksgiving notes from many students and many of them from the training you've been taking with me, the one we've been sometimes working together. Mm -hmm. And... This morning, one student, she just said, you know, I almost did not join the training because the, the, because it was online. And now I'm so thankful because I've joined the training and it's so good because it is online and I was totally uh, unaware that it could be this good. So that's very nice to hear. And I'm super pleased with the quality of the training. So I would not change that. Uh, well, well, even it, recently, we're talking so much about in-person, online, and how to, how to teach yeah. in these different new, brand new ways. And I think mm -hmm. it's really catching a lot of people's attention. And I, I'm certainly benefiting a lot reflecting on how we've been doing things as we sort of made it up over the last couple of years and mm -hmm. um so yeah i can understand the uh really enjoying it now since the pandemic is not going away we're going to be online yeah. teach the yoga online yeah it's sad economically speaking it's super sad uh i think lots of people really got badly sick and lots of people passed but for me the online has been just mind-blowing i wasn't expecting to be able to to deliver this much and now if i could choose i would never go back to in-person trainings i would add the the in-person part on top of the the online but the it's so much theory and it's so much connection and it's so much contact and the classes, the, the archive of classes. I don't know. I think it, I, I'm getting started to, to, to review all the classes now. So I, I've decided to, to take the 200 days challenge myself. So I'm getting started on Monday, hopefully on Sunday with the with class number one in portuguese and i will actually take all my classes and then i'll take <laughs> all my classes in english and then i'll be going uh beyond 100 also in english then only english so my plan is to be on the mat for 300 days i know i'll have some traveling but uh sequentially and reviewing all the classes to see what has to be uh, redesigned or refilmed or what I would be doing differently. Which brings us nicely to what I want to talk about today, which is this thing you, you've mentioned for a while, which is 
the progression in our practices isn't Cartesian. And when you <laughs> and when you first said that, I was like, "What the hell is he talking about?" And so I had to go. I, I went and looked that up, and I'm like, "Okay, I think I think what he means by that it's it's not it's not linear. It's not an X Y Z sort of access. It, it's yeah. different from that." So as I was looking through this, I'm like, "There there isn't really an antonym for Cartesian." However, um, you know, in, in the past, we talk about the quantum field and all that sort of stuff. So why don't we start there? Why did you start saying that? Or when did you, when did that idea become clear for you? Uh, well, that, that's a very good question. <laughs> <laughs> Just let's, let's start right there because it's a good question. Well, I've noticed the, I think it, it was more about the students than myself. It was more about them than my practice. Because at the very beginning, I was, uh, I was already quite successful as a teacher, considering it was 30 years ago. So yoga was much, much smaller as a industry. Mainly, it was much smaller in Brazil. Uh, I don't know, Craig, probably it is today smaller than it was in the States 30 years ago. I think we, we could make that um, sort of connection. If it's bigger here today, it's maybe a little bit bigger than it was in your country 30 years ago, but not much. And, and I was already pretty successful considering that, considering the, the numbers and the markets. So I've noticed the students changing and I was not able to identify the changes. I, I was seeing changes, but I wasn't able to process and clearly understand what was changing and how, because I was seeing changes, but they apparently they were uh random they were non-logical but then that thought wasn't logical as well because i i understood that i was missing something i was missing uh the understanding of the logics in that particular system in and one day I've noticed after working with a certain series of classes for a while that eventually I would revisit certain classes. And when revisiting the classes, some of the students were in a very different place. At first I thought, well, you do Sukhasana and you have a result. You do shoulder work and you have a result. You do this and you have a result. But then the system, body, nature as a system, human body, nature, uh, human body as part of nature as a, a broader thing. Uh, I've noticed that 
Sukhasana was not changing the next Sukhasana. Sukhasana was changing the next shoulder work as well. And then in some bodies, uh, in some students' bodies, I was able to see that ankle work and knee work and virasanas were the main reason why they were changing. So it was like a little uh, rock in a lake creating a ripple effect that goes all the way to the, to the margins. And, and that was quite intriguing. Then gradually the sequences got more elaborate and more elaborate. And then I've decided to use all the sequences in order. And many students, they really connected with that way of working. After getting to the end, when I went back to the beginning, those people who were exposed to all the 100 or many of the 100 classes, they were in a very different place. And it was not you move from A to B. It was you, you, you do this particular type of stimuli and it creates a wave that goes in all different directions. So whatever you do, mainly in those main areas, like the tree girdles, whatever you do there, it will impact the whole. It will create a systemic consequence. It's like COVID in South Africa. It's confirmed. It's a new whatever. And then the stock market changes in New York. And then the something happens in uh, England and then people freak out in Brazil. So you have money oriented fields that are highly elaborate, technical uh, reacting and you have a country react, reacting and then you have people reacting emotionally out of fear because they've read something. So the reactions are all over the place. They are to a certain degree predictable, but you can specify exactly uh, what is the change in this particular company valuation. And you can't say if in Brazil people will be more afraid or more overwhelmed or just totally not being able to deal with the situation anymore and willing to take the risk and traveling. See, it's reactions everywhere and uh, it involves technical aspects, involves numbers, it involves emotions, it involves people's nervous systems. It's it's a, it's a system. It's a systemic consequence from one particular event that is happening after a few other events. It, it, it was basically that conclusion. A little bit, I was already aware, because as you remember, 
my experience in some of those years was that I, my, I felt that my knees were rotten inside. And I was totally unable to bend them, to be on the floor, to kneel or to be in Virasana. And sometimes I wasn't able to walk. And then when I thought, I was going crazy with pain. And when I thought, how am I going to do this? How am I going to find the, you know, to find the thread, to, to find the proper way to, to reestablish that? mobility that I wanted, that freedom that I wanted, uh, I thought, I got to find something. I got to find a little something. And if I find that proper little something, I will harvest a systemic consequence. And if I do it correctly, correctly uh, I will have a relief. I, I got to have a relief. And then in doing so, I found the toe work. Remember that sequence? I think considering the, the method as it is today with all this development and elaboration, I would say that was my aha. Just toes sitting at the, the side edge of my bed and trying to re-establish something. So that happened, and from that particular approach, the knee responded. And then from the knee to the hip, and then from that particular angle in the hip into Sukhasana, and then from there into this development and elaboration. But you can see that you work with students' feet and the consequence sometimes is powerful and systemic. Like little uh, sugar pills of homeopathic remedies that to some people, sometimes to many people in certain situations uh, create a fantastic consequence. Yeah, so that working from the periphery idea sounds like it came from that finding mm -hmm. as well which mm -hmm. is a beautiful and and as a teacher a brilliant way to work with sensitive bodies because mm -hmm. from what i hear from you and what i'm seeing in my own students is that idea it 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 works <laughs> it, it works it um, works yes it does i have a student right now with uh, her left hip, knee, ankle, leg, everything is so insanely locked up. Massive emotional pain in the hip. And uh, the last couple of months, a lot more varasanas came up and we're able to access that pose. And although they were intense, she felt like she was doing the correct thing and all of the emotional um, triggers started re being removed from the hip and i was watching this unfold and i'm just like we just have to work with the feet yeah and it's 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 really cool um so yeah so, so for me for sorry for me okay. it's like it, poses are 
in not poses, but fractions of poses. Some of those fractions are so effective that I see them as remedies. And I see those remedies having a systemic consequence. And then when I saw that, and then one day working with one particular student, one, vert one desk in the neck was pinching, was pressing a nerve root. And I've released the nerve working from the feet in a virasana sequence. The arm simply came back. This student, she was an architect and she was unable to work because of the, the pain level in those days. Then I thought, well, this is not a straight line at all. It, it just isn't. It's a very, very uh, complex system. And everything you want to do is to trigger systemic consequences in alignment with nature. And then nature takes over and do whatever, whatever has to be done. Yeah. So, and it seems like, as you were mentioning before, different areas systemically impacting the system, ripple effects going on. And you could say just biomechanically that's happening, but then you put on, on top of that mindset, attention, mm -hmm. uh, you know, concentration, all of that neurological reconnection on top that adds even another layer to make it even more quantum. Yeah, as this more, uh, along with that uh, testimonial, and that thankful note from my student uh, that was for me very, I don't know why. Maybe I was just exhausted in the morning when I saw the message, but it was pretty intense emotionally speaking for me. I was like, ah, this is sweet. Very nice. Thank you. Uh, so I've asked her to, to, I've asked her to use publicly the testimonial because some people, they don't even know that uh, it could be this profound and this transformative. But then the other student who have talked to me this past night, uh, she's a Brazilian woman. She lives in Europe. She took the training in Portuguese. She was super satisfied. And her thankful note for me yesterday was all around two main themes one chronic pain because she was in pain since her adolescence and she's in her middle 40s now so her line was well it, there are a few days when i wake up in the morning and i wonder if i'm not dreaming because i have no pain and i think am i alive this is not the way i used to wake up in the morning uh very nice but on your uh, reflection. The second part of her comment was I forgot mentioning for you, but I have to say after meditating over the past 20 years, I've never felt my mind so grounded and so present as I feel when I'm practicing the method.
that is super, super nice. So basically she said, on top of the practice, I am so grounded and so well connected that I'm already meditating without having a moment to meditate, without waiting for that time. Some people have to wait to feel that they are connected and grounded in getting into that particular flow. So is that just a, a consequence of using the body as a tool I think in, her, so. in her case? Mm -hmm. Yeah. So yeah. go ahead. Yeah. No, you. Okay. <laughs> um, this also got me thinking about like very common um, comments or um, things that happen to newer students. And I think it's in the same realm, but I want to ask you to, to see if you think it is, which is in the beginning when we're sort of working on our superficial restrictions and layers and, and stuff, pain can be pain quote unquote, can be increasing. So a student might say, this is um, making me feel worse. Making, making me, me feel, feel worse. Yeah. Yes, um, that's common. That, let's take a little break right there because that is very important. That happens because our basic impulse and this is not a, a conscious choice. Our most basic impulse is to be functional. So when you wake up in the morning and let's say you feel this impulse to be super kind, to kiss Miranda and to fix her a coffee. That, because it blossoms from you uh, spontaneously sometimes. Sometimes it's just your personality. You try to be kind with your spouse every day. So having that as your priority for that moment triggers a mechanism in your brain. So your brain will try to do everything possible for you not to feel or experience anything else but that thing that you want even if this, you're by the way this happens every morning and i'm gonna make I, sure miranda I hears this am, i am sure <laughs> that is probably the other way around but okay <laughs> <laughs> so anyways your brain wants to allow you to have that. Your brain will create route. If your neck is funky somehow, your brain will try to trigger different muscles in different ways and in different orders and use different uh, movements to make up for that funky event in your, in your neck in a way that you don't have an experience that prevents you from experiencing what you want. I, I think in, in class, we've talked about the brain operating as a wish box. Basically, the brain wants to give you everything you want. 
And it, when it comes to this, uh, the way we use our bodies, the brain is always navigating reality, trying to keep our functionality at the highest possible level. And as it is with uh, toddlers and young people, very often, let's say you have only to make up for that funky little thing in your neck, 20 different ways you could be rerouting the movements to Kiss Miranda, okay? Eventually, you will be running out of those routes. You will be uh, using them so much that they are no longer available. So eventually you have 19 and 18 and 15 and 10, and one day you will have no option but the pain. And usually when that happens, everything is around that neck thing. So all the compensatory patterns are locked up because they've been overused. We've never uh, reestablished the mobility as it should. We haven't deal with the, the cause of that little funky neck issue. Uh, and then we consider that this is aging, but it, has, it is not. That is unnecessary and uh, aging with a lack of harmony. So once you get started with the practice, you start rearranging all that, you free up all the energy that has been lock, locked around the neck or in those compensatory routes that are natural, we are highly highly resilient and adaptable. The problem happens when our adaptability gets impoverished. So the reestablishment, the, the process of breaking the inertia of this process, that is quite often a painful process. Not to mention the fact that if the area has been compensating all over the place, and if you've been navigating pain in a less conscious level, you gradually lose connection between the brain and the body. And one of the causes of this uh, more evident discomfort is also the, the reestablishment of the awareness that makes you more conscious of all these compensatory patterns and all this rigidity you've been accumulating. So suddenly, the body that was all crooked and, and, and tense and, and rigid and unhealthy, but at the same time, not, not at a conscious level, becomes conscious. And very often it doesn't feel good and it doesn't feel right, but this is exactly the way to go. Yeah, I remember first time I heard this in this way was at a training here in Boulder where a student asked a student in you know her late 70s I believe uh asked you know since I've been doing this training now when I bend down to pick something up from the kitchen drawer 
I, I feel it more. I'm in more pain. And that was her moment in, with this discussion. Mm-hmm. And it seemed like me, the answer was, and what you're just describing, you're waking that system up. You're sort of dismantling perhaps mm-hmm. all of the established patterns inside and you're just aware of it now. And, yeah, it, and, it, because... and it isn't necessarily a bad thing. Uh, yeah, and sometimes people get trained by themselves not to move naturally because they, they have had pain before or they are, in, they are afraid of having it. And in a sense, they just sort of uh, block out the awareness of the area, of the movement, uh, I remember when I when my lower back was super sensitive, and now every morning, mainly when I'm I'm traveling, I have this long malasana as a shower in the morning, and it's usually malasana, utanasana, malasana, utanasana. It's basically the very first thing I do in the morning, and I stay there for a long, long time. Uh, it's been maybe a little bit over twenty years that I haven't had a sensitivity in my lower back? Well, so it's, I, it, mm-hmm. it's awkward to age this much, not noticing losses of this particular type. In my own practice recently, things have been shifting in my awareness. As you know, my, my left knee was the... Uh, set of injuries that led me to this to this work and um, this baker cyst or whatever that's in there kind of comes and goes and was really sensitive for like a year and then all of a sudden it just shifted and now I can sit in the varasana right away Um, but now my whole spine is just it's loud I mean, it's loud. It's not, it's not painful, but the first thing in the morning, I just arch it a little bit. I'm like, wow. I mean, I'm still feeling it right now. And of course we've been moving through the twenties in, in the mm-hmm. sequences, which I think is another factor exposing all of that. Um, anyways. Yeah. It, it's shifting all the time and it's hard to know what to do or how to go about it, especially when you're new with the work. Um, you have, yeah, it's hard. This is why I like to be so conservative with new students. But I think this is, this leads me back to the reflection on the conversation I've had with my student in Europe. The lady with the, the chronic pain since her early 20s and now in her middle 40s, having no pain. Then she said, but now that I am starting to revisit for the third time in a row, the 100, because we just finished the training, and now we are, re- they, I, my suggestion was for them to re-engage. She said, now I'm noticing a new thing in my feet every morning. Do you think I should do something specific? How should I proceed? Because I am, I, I'm seeing the results and I don't want to uh, move on without knowing how. And that's it. But all her, 
audio messages were so solid and consistent. She was showing so much understanding. Uh, on one side of my brain, I was like, yes, yes, teaching online, teaching online. And then <laughs> the other side of my brain, I was, hope I don't mess it up. <laughs> I hope I don't <laughs> mess it up now. Uh, but then my suggestion was, well, you've done the sequences twice in a row. It was a tremendous result. You, you, you did end up with no pain. Now you are re-engaging. You are not progressing only. And being pain-free doesn't mean progression. Recalibration means progression. The restoration of a potential, potential means progression. Okay? It's like being super wealthy and super unhappy. What do you want? Is it the wealth or being happy? It depends on what you want. Progression for you is one thing. It depends on you on your mindset and for her because she have experienced so much progression now in the third third time around the sequences are acting in a totally different way are reaching a totally different body it's no longer the body she remembers it's a new body with new memories and therefore there is a new depth that is available so it's not that the sequence is creating a problem it's not that she's having pain she's processing stuff that has to be processed in order for the energy to be totally uh unleashed does that make sense yeah absolutely and it reminds me of some of the stories you've given where i first time i heard it from you i was like really where something in your hip, you're in a new phase and you're like, I'm in an extreme pain for X amount of weeks or months. And it's just another part of the, the process and that never gone. ends and then gone. Yeah. And then gone. Yeah. This is why I, I don't like when my, mainly my teachers uh, deal poorly with pain, assuming that all pain is bad. Nope. Sometimes we are purging stuff that has been hidden inside for a long time. Yeah. Purging what is a brand new word for me. Oh, yeah? I don't it's know like how, my it... brain, how my brain had access to that. <laughs> well, it reminds me of the, some of the more medicine man spiritual stuff. Purging all that stuff out. <laughs> yeah, I, for, I, I, my brain did not go there. My brain went to <laughs> that movie. Which one? Sort of, I don't know, man. Very violent. It's... The Purge? Yeah, 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 yeah. <laughs> <laughs> but anyways, it is the system purging and, and purifying in a sense. Uh, definitely, that's not an excuse for you to mess up with your practice, to injure yourself. That is definitely not what we are talking about. A minute ago, 
you said something about the mind and, and body. And as I was going through the Cartesian stuff, there's a whole philosophical side to what he's talking about where the, um, he sort of separates mind and body and the whole dualistic um, conversation comes about. And I thought it, it, it's a nice uh, segue it, because many of us coming into this or just being regular people, we very much separate our mind and our bodies from we're, one another. We're, we're being thought so. Yeah. So how, um, how do you see it or how, how can we see it to better um, enhance our practices and, and our quality of life? I mean, is it just catching ourselves in that mindset or allowing ourselves to experience the practices and experience those moments when things are sort of together and in harmony? Yeah, I think we can apply a certain uh, a quality of focus to everything we do in practice. And I think that uh, capacity humans have, the, cap the capacity to choose what we are focusing on, being 100% there is a pretty powerful thing. Uh, like a simple, in class number 30, a simple, powerful pause sequence. Fist shape with the feet, ankle flexion, fist shape, ankle flexion. You can do that uh, feeling so many things. And you can also do that feeling only the inside of your ankle which creates more of this uh, integration. And then you can, in some of your uh, practices, uh, to feel the whole body, to, to have your perception mechanisms more awakened. You can feel the skin, you can feel the temperature, you can feel the heart rate. This is one of the things our brain does best. It can feel everything at once. We rarely choose to feel something that isn't a problem or a burden. That's where we usually get stuck. But when you pass beyond that and you really uh, develop the capacity to zoom in or to feel it all, and when that becomes a more uh, consistent, solid skill, that phenomenon uh really gives me personally the impression that you can think with your body and that your mind isn't in your head and definitely that your brain is everywhere in your body in a sense we tend to to chop things down to analyze and then because that process of analysis and investigation ends up in a book the reader ends up assuming that this is solid. Right brain, left brain. This is what this side does. This is what that one does. And therefore, when I'm drawing, this is the side that is more active. And when I'm not being creative, when I'm being more 
analytical, that is the side that is more active. And in fact, you can see more uh, activity, but it flows through the whole thing. And then it's one side, but it's you using your hand to be creative or to operate your instrument and, and play your music. So it's everywhere. And the coordination with the body and the perception from the body nurturing the brain, I think it's everywhere. Mm. It's, it's fascinating. The our choice to place our focus has such profound consequences. <laughs> it, it does, you know. Uh, Javi was uh, bugging me for, I don't know, weeks, maybe months, to, uh, to have me uh, filming a few simple sequences of meditation very simple meditation techniques. And, and then the, the, the filming crew, this particular guy that is also a student of mine, a guy that I like a lot, I think he's super talented. Most of the classes you've practiced with, he was the mentor, it, it, is, it is his work. So it was just the two of us in the room and it happened yesterday it happened yesterday i was there sitting and then i was blah 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 it was good the first one was okay then the first one in english then the second one in portuguese and then the second one in english each one with maybe 10 minutes 15 minutes at the maximum. When I finished the fourth, that was the second sequence in English, I was absolutely dozed out. I, I, I was literally drugged with a super healthy drug. And I was taken to a different realm of perception but of mood in a different emotional state and the the change in my nervous system was it it, it just works i notice that sometimes with the online uh videos the more passive classes where you know, we'll have the opening. And then I'm like, Francisco, his voice totally changed. Everything changed. And like, I don't even understand how he's still <laughs> teaching. <laughs> it's, I'm teaching in a trance. <laughs> yeah. Well, that, I mean, so, that's, that's how you, you say it ought to be anyways. Um, uh, uh, an active sort of meditation as we. Yeah. Speak. And you know, I, I, I missed when I've closed the studio and, and when we came back to Sao Paulo, my routine changed and I was deprived from my drug of choice. 
So not being which is two, which is teaching, just which is so everybody knows. <laughs> well, <laughs> yeah, but two hours a day practicing teaching, basically uh, having a great time telling you what I was doing. Right. That I did that from the very beginning of the pandemic all the way. Well, it didn't have an end but all the way to maybe two months ago. So it took me 30 days to realize how, how I was missing it and how negative the impact was in me. Then when I finished, when I, when I got to that, I thought, I got to redesign all my practice because I've made a big mistake between the end of that and this moment. I have to reroute everything. Wow. Yeah. Uh, I've had some of these moments as well. More, more like the moment at the end of the class when I realize that I've been in a completely different mode and not thinking everything that I was thinking before, you know, having mm -hmm. emotional stuff before class, class starts, and there's no room for that. And you're mm -hmm. just there with your students. And uh, I remember the first time I was super aware of that happening. As soon as I thought about before, the chemical soup just exploded again. And I was like, holy shit. Wow. It's incredible. Yeah. It, it's it really incredible. is. It's incredible. Nature gives you the time to be in service of all these people in front of you being at their disposal in a nice way at their, in service of them uh, heals wounds. But then once it comes to the end you can choose to go there and to open the wound Again, and if, if you don't pay attention, you, you do it. We do it. As humans, we tend to do that. So yeah, let's go back to that day when you did not make Miranda's coffee. And then you <laughs> had a fight. And then you teach. And you were like, oh, you know what? I really love my wife. But then you finish teaching. And it's like, rah. <laughs> <laughs> it's crazy, isn't it? It, it? We do that. We do with stress, with work, with concerns, with finances. And teaching gives you that opportunity to see things from a distance. I, I think it fits perfectly well to the whole conversation we've had. Um, you know, it, it's, it's not linear. Anything we do and even as a teacher, it allows us or gives us a really sweet opportunity to enhance our potentials because we're in the, you know, we're in all these different states. We're changing ourselves, um, you know, seeing the reflection of ourselves through these experiences. And, uh, you know, every time I'm reminded of this, I, you know, I could have been some computer engineer just stuck in the basement, you know, not working on myself in this way and the teaching really um 
insanely enhanced everything. So, and, and, you know, the method is there for sure. Um, but, um, and anyways, thank you. <laughs> thank you for giving, you know, us all that, that opportunity. And in the beginning too, it, it wasn't clear when you say Caillou, the Caillou method is a teaching method that kind of blew my mind in the beginning. I was like, wait, the teaching me method and now it totally makes sense it's yes it's a teaching method methodology uh for many reasons not you you might not choose to teach other people but it's about teaching yourself it's like teaching yourself a new language it's like it, you can do two things you can go for lessons in portuguese or italian or you can choose a very good course in one of those languages and you can teach yourself it involves research dedication capacity to fail and to uh and to grow because you failed And because you are noticing difficulties and challenges and to develop this mindset that allows you to grow and to thrive uh, in the face of challenge. So the method is about this. It's about you rearranging, redesigning and re-educating your own nervous system. The, the, the biomechanical positive consequences, all the health benefits, they're merely positive side effects i know people come because of them but i don't think they are the star in this show yeah and that that culturally i'd love to see that shift um you know i, I think it is i think it is in a, in a sense and i think i mentioned this in a previous podcast but um you know that um putting value on balancing our nervous systems over, you know, prioritizing that more than mm -hmm. anything else. Yeah. And, and no, don't, don't get me wrong. I'm not saying you will avoid problems and stress. I think when you learn to revisit your nervous system on a regular basis, you, you actually become more re resilient and more capable of enduring stress without having the, the harmful consequences of it. But definitely avoiding stress and, and being more sensitive in the face of it is not a good sign. Yeah, true that. Yeah. So I, I, I don't know, Craig, I think we are very spoiled as teachers because our students, yes, every now and then we have a, a more challenging situation, but usually, I don't know. I think their profiles are so good and they get the point. Uh, this morning, I was, since my first trip to Curitiba, I've noticed the, 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 a certain student type becoming very common in all the different uh, groups. I was like, It can't be this good. It's been too fast. And most of the students from the old school 
they did not come back yet. So basically, we're talking about 90 new people, brand new. But, you know, solid people, people that are getting to understand our point. Again, engineers, MDs, uh, PTs, lawyers, people coming to yoga. Yes, this is very cool. It's for my hips, it's for my back, it's for my shoulders, but mainly listening and getting to practice yoga in a very nice way. I don't know if it's just me, but I think we're very spoiled. I agree. <laughs> yeah, yeah, very good people. People you could make friends with and, uh, and people who actually in a level, in a certain level, they really share some of our values. Indeed, yeah. And just providing service, good service to people. I mean, that's what makes it makes me feel spoiled because it's so empowering to my own to my own self and it makes me want to keep doing it and keep keep um uh having a option for these students yeah Very i think cool. we did good are we good are we i good think we're time? good i'm good Excellent. yeah i'm very, very good <laughs> Sweet. Well, I think we are reframing a few other things this time, reframing more and more. Yeah, we, went, we got a little mathematical with linear and Cartesian and philosophy, I think is a good reference to talk about things. Yeah, <laughs> but if it's, if it's mathematical, I would say it's more towards Stephen Hawking type of math. <laughs> super cool well thank you francisco thank you craig very very nice my pleasure to talk to you i think okay. this is going super well thank you thank you see you everybody see you next time